ஒரு and a bunch of other and a bunch, and of, a other bunch of other things, things. I yeah like something, something like yeah. i forget that one which, yeah. which came up and i was like what is that is that even a network etc i keep getting new notifications <laughs> yeah all these basically all these yeah. podcast aggregators yeah if we're on pod bay i guess that's important yeah we're finally yeah. getting our shit together yeah anyway <laughs> so both you guys have been to mammy recently so just your Mami being the Mumbai Film Festival. Yes. The Geo um, Mami Mumbai Film Festival with stuff. Yeah, now with Waste Fellows. With Waste Fellows, yes. Yeah, you just obliter- obliterated star into obscurity. <laughs> so yeah, what are your impressions, just your general things about going to the fest, etc, etc, like just showing up there every day, all that stuff, like anything that you could like, tell me about because i've obviously not been for it um this is my first proper mommy year and i actually really enjoyed the festival like i went through the entire rigmarole of just like logging like you know waking up in the mornings like booking um registering for films and i always got the films i wanted and um i actually i had a pretty seamless like solid experience like no complaints from like a logistical perspective um i did think that there were like some pretty mediocre english language films and i was like surprised by the selection um but i think i mean there's so many things about mommy that i find fascinating um but you know everything from like the fact that it the weddings are sprawled across mumbai and how that has evolved for the festival to the crowds at mommy um to the kinds of non film programming that they do etc etc but yeah i'm super curious mama like what was your favorite film at the festival uh my favorite or what would you recommend well um i think i saw most of the major hitters the stuff that uh, were like uh, everyone like like bakura i know you loved i loved that i loved vitalina varela the irishman was a high point Uh, but i think my personal favorite this year was uh, kantemir balagov's bean pole uh, it's this uh, russian drama about two female soldiers post world war 2 in leningrad trying to rebuild their lives among other things and kantemir is like this whiz kid very young director he's 27 and he, this is his second film and this already feels like a really fully formed uh, i would even say masterpiece uh he, he has a very distinctive style it's a very russian drama to the core but it has a very vibrant color palette it's uh, unusual in that way and um, it has a lot of tragedy in it but it still finds so many moments of joy and genuine uh happiness in it and i think it really captures that tone uh, of being in a transitionary period after a war when 
things are bad and things are still going on going bad but you are constantly encouraged to move on to rebuild your life to do other things and uh, i think what a lot of uh, other films end up doing is making something like this misery porn or um, um really dark and uh, painful but uh, what this movie does it right is that people during a time like that are not all miserable otherwise you can't survive there is an almost delusional sense of hope to keep going on after every setback uh, and i think that this movie really gets that really well and the two leads are brilliant and the cinematography is amazing yeah so that's like my favorite film of the year and i don't i haven't heard enough people talking about it even though it was like a major thing at can but at this festival not enough people i think saw it so bean bold yeah i definitely did not see any of the hype yeah there were some films that were hyped in like beanpool was not one of yeah. them um yeah how many films did you watch in total uh i saw i think 18 films counting uh, the three older um, uh, restored classics 18 films yeah oh cool yeah, yeah i go only cat 7 mm-hmm. um and yeah i'm like i'm really sad that i've i feel like i've missed so many things that i might not be able to get my hands on um for quite some time yeah um but uh, i really i really did enjoy bakura which is a brazilian film um which is sort of like a play on a western um and it's sort of it's it's a really fascinating sort of it's a really fascinating perspective on brazilian politics mm-hmm. um told through like a genre film or like a genre blending film yeah. um and yeah not and i thought that um i also thought it it had the most interesting take it had a very interesting take on like the way that i think latin america is like racial politics and like geographical um politics is like is designed so i was um like there's this one very interesting scene in which like lighter skinned brazilians are trying to relate to the white americans in the room mm-hmm. and they're trying to be like oh like we're like you and the white americans are just like gawking and like laughing at them and they're sort of like deconstructing their facial features and um sort of i at that to me was just so reminiscent of how i feel like so many like north indian families are <laughs> um where you know like like facial features are sort of um are sort of like looked through this filter of like oh like who could pass for white who has the cheekbones like who has the lighter hair color the lighter eyes yeah. like i think that it's like highly really like it to me just felt like such a familiar scene mm-hmm. um in terms of like a certain type of like light skinned exceptionalism that exists like across, across many like third world nations mm-hmm. who have a yeah but um that and that film i thought i love that film and also loved bombay rose by kitanjali rao yeah. um and i love that i mean i highly recommend that to every indian i mean every listener every listener but like especially people in india and um kitanjali rao had like hand painted every frame of that film and it was a huge like labor of love for mm-hmm. her and the reason why i love that film is because at the end she she had listed all of the at the end of the film in the credit she listed all of the film festivals grants labs that she had applied yeah. for and that it had the film become what it did and it took her i think 5 to 6 years to get this film funded mm-hmm. made released um developed and i think that um to me that was such a testament to how difficult it is to really make an indie film 
um, and to make an indie film as an author who has like a, an original perspective, um, I sort of, I was very, it, it sort of was like this somber reminder to me of um, just how much like grit it takes to be able to make films. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that feels true of uh, so many of these festival films. I think a lot of people take them for granted, thinking that, oh, you know, people in other countries get to make more um, boundary-pushing cinema just like that. But if you see almost every festival film has like 10 different grants at the beginning and 10 different production houses obviously smaller ones nothing yeah. like a studio or anything and it's not easy for them either um, there are exactly. there are films which are like co-productions between like 10 countries uh, because they are just getting funds from every country's um, uh, film fund or whatever it's uh, yeah I mean and often I think producers have to make calls like, like, you know, like, and then films end up having to sometimes, like, follow the logic of the grant. So if a grant is saying that we need this in your film or we need that, mm -hmm. sometimes you, like, fit your film to, like, um, fulfill the requirements of certain grants. So I'm really also interested in that creative process. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the interaction between, like, um, sort of like a dynamic interaction between, like, making and funding or, like, financing and making. Um, I think that that can inform a lot of decisions filmmakers make. But that's my own, like nerdy like <laughs> like like interest yeah. um in the way that fin financials control like commercials control a filmmaker right but um but yeah i mean i i think the one thing that i realize with mommy and like satya i'm super interested in your experiences with other film festivals because i think you have um sort of like a social cultural experience that is so distinct compared to the two of us and, and especially because it's been so devoid of like Bollywood mm -hmm. or like devoid of like Mumbai is a city um, and Mami I feel like other film festivals in the country the bigger ones there is a certain level of state support yes but I think Mami has had to sort of completely do it like Mami is like a private film festival yeah. um, and you can sort of see the way that it's ballooned um, with its sponsorships um so, yeah, I'm really curious about Satya, like, what was your experience been like going to more, like, state-supported film festivals? So, yeah, the uh, thing with, uh, I mean, yeah, it is kind of distinct because it is a state-supported uh, festival. So, there is a bit, like, at least with IFFK and BIFF, yes, BIF is, like, like, there is a bit of, like, pride also attached to it to make sure that it happens every year. And both these festivals, I'm pretty sure, like, started off because of uh, the efforts of these various film clubs around the state which were very strong at that time so at the outset they weren't even like really uh, state funded either it was just that the prominent at least in Bangalore it was Suchitra Film Society which was an extremely prominent uh, uh, film club which still exists obviously and uh, but yeah it's in like one corner of the city so they had their first film festival official international film festival i think sometime in the 90s and then after that the state got interested and realized that this was like seeing a lot of like uh, like uh, footfalls etc so they decided okay we can like you know we can fund this uh, festival and both of uh, kerala and karnataka have like a state body which is like uh, department more or less solely devoted to I mean like this and I mean other aspects of film too obviously 
but mm-hmm. yeah the first thing that you really notice with uh, either festival i mean like this is also a great way to uh, highlight like many i mean i really realized that like i found most of these theaters that i'd never visited in bangalore's case like uh through these festivals so like going to all these extremely old heritage sites though now obviously it's all come under pvr so we just have it in one place so the first proper more than just the movies itself it was just strange at that time to like be traveling across the city and realizing parts of the city that i'd never known before and solely because of this festival and on top of that like it was just like all these some of them i mean there was no uh telling which one would have a decent screen etc etc and mm-hmm. yeah so the even now like there is no like booking system in place over here so what i do is i just go and usually there are like things that are hyped up etc and obviously that will see a big queue and there will be huge fights also about like uh the amount of people that they let in etc and then you just spill over into the next screen and more or less everyone takes it on their stride like there is a bit of a like there's some acrimony but then you just go and watch whatever's available etc and uh, this was the case earlier also like people who just like immediately realized that they can't make it to a movie in one particular single screen and head like somewhere 15 minutes away just to make it for anyone that year so there is like a sense that these film festivals have also deeply influenced filmmaking and culture uh, amongst filmmakers so you have mm-hmm. this exchange and conversation happening uh, especially in kerala you see it because like sandalwood's not a good uh, example but i can guarantee you that even someone like uh, uh, the guy who directed tithi was a part of like chuchitra film society and b was frequently attending these fests but in kerala you see it much more like on the nose you see the influence of these uh, conversations that like let's say malayalam cinema has been happening happening i mean having with uh, Korean cinema for just a small example but mm-hmm. and the fact that Kim Ki Duk became like a figure because of the IFFK and not like uh, any other international film festival and there's like a really interesting article about that but yeah yeah, yeah so these things uh, these developments have taken place and they're like extremely distinct and unique because you see strange conversations happening simply because of these film festivals and even though these are not like the most well funded uh, festivals in india you still see that like you know the real mccoy sort of directors end up landing at these festivals somehow and then like every other year iffk has like really good like uh, someone who's really generally of like artistic integrity showing up and they probably not compensated too much for it etc at least as opposed to international film festivals but they always have like a really good chief guest etc but yeah so i think what it's done is it's definitely created a very distinct culture and uh, definitely reflected in the filmmaking of these places for sure and it's not a simple uh, one way sort of thing where oh it's all this stuff is derivative it's actually like a proper synthesis of these two I, things I'm sorry i feel like um, in bombay i don't know how you feel about it mohammed but i feel like people's sort of the cinema they end up championing at these film festivals right. or like the filmmakers who end up getting upholded actually so conventional mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like sort of a result of like an organic interest in cinema right. um like like satya sari bar iffk it seems like i feel like in bombay people are so 
invested in like the hype around a certain filmmaker mm-hmm. um so we end up and i'm talking about filmmakers like i feel like there's a lot of like um fascination with like paul thomas anderson and like quentin tarantino like basically like men who make who are like indie darlings in hollywood yeah. right um and, and these guys are not bad indies now yeah. they make yeah now yeah exactly now they've like grown into commercial they're studio films yeah or like um, yeah they're studio films so um i feel like it's more of that here like i don't know anyone i mean i'm sure there are people but like there seems to be less of finding filmmakers um at film festivals and like following their careers there seems to be less of like a cultural conversation around that here Yeah, yeah, you know. Do you agree? Uh, I, I mostly agree. Uh, you know, I wanted to um, ask you a little about that too, since uh, this is your first time properly attending Mami. Like, what you felt about uh, the audience and the crowd there? Because uh, it, I find it funny that there I have a lot of people uh, who are who really want to get into art house and world cinema, but they are. intimidated intimidated by the idea of going to a film festival and i'm talking about people in bombay so the film festival they would go to is mami and uh, yeah. um, i uh, uh, i don't think it is what people like them are expecting it to be it's not full of uh, uh, artsy snobs or high faluting cinephiles uh, of course there are some of those uh, but especially since the crowd is so big and the city is so big uh, it's it's just all kinds of people you see a lot of people who just want to be seen at a festival like this or people who want to network and yeah people like you what you said are just here are sticking to these already quite major filmmakers rather than discovering or building a base with uh, you know new voices or um new voices from other parts of the world and not just the US or whatever the US or the UK yeah um so i mean my impression of the mami audience is that it definitely like i mean it was varied and diverse like the city is but i've overwhelmingly i think mainly because the theaters i went to were andheri and juhu um it it just feel it felt like it was full of people who were there they were at mati with mami with a motive right like that's how i felt like i know people who bought a gold pass mm-hmm. which is like that special vip pass yeah. not because they wanted access to films but because they were hoping to um you know like brush up against like um someone who works at like a studio mm-hmm. um or a filmmaker a celebrity um and they sort of went to big films like just for that experience and they really didn't have an investment in actually watching um the films it kind of just seemed like they were there for the crowd that is there to watch films mm-hmm. um and i do think that there has been I mean, obviously, this is not like an original observation at yeah. all, like a Bolly Bollywoodification of Mami, yeah. and um, it's obvious. But like, I mean, and it's kind of in line with you know the pressures of building a film festival in Bombay. Yeah. I think you always have to end up getting subsumed in like the in you know the Bollywood fold, mm-hmm. and um, I think because Mami has positioned itself in proximity with you know the glamour and glow of the Bollywood film industry. Yeah. that you end up having people 
who are like in betweeners mm-hmm. um or basically like confused about their relationship to cinema right. because they themselves like fundamentally are like strugglers or aspirants in this industry mm-hmm. so they're not just there to watch but they're also there to like cement their careers in a certain yeah. way so i just felt that way at mommy yeah um that it was just yeah it was for people who i think like you said they were there to be seen at mommy mm-hmm. and not so much like watch films at mommy and i think what you just um, uh, mentioned is also an interesting uh, uh, thing to point out that it, it actually does differ from venue to venue as well so they do they have kind of um, made the two cinemas in andheri as their hub and um, they it does happen that almost every film plays there uh and that may not be the case for other venues uh but if you go and th- obviously and there is also close for me i know it is for you too so i also try to catch most things there it has the highest crowd um uh, largest crowd uh but if you go to say regal or uh, phoenix uh it's it's different it feels like a different experience in terms of the crowd and audience as well uh so that does play a because andheri is so adjacent to varsova which is uh, like uh, you know uh, syn- synonymous with strugglers uh, uh that does play a role too yeah yeah i mean i don't know if the mommy crowd has like changed over time mm-hmm. i don't know how many students i saw at mommy mm-hmm. like i know they have a special student pass but it just see, i didn't see many young people at mommy mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of the theaters I went to. Over. But yeah, I didn't see many like teens at Mami. Over here, uh, no, I think they don't have like... a 18 plus uh, thing. They don't allow people under 18. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I like... did see a lot of students. That's ridiculous. Uh, no, I I think that's just them being safe because they have to get a sensor exemption for everything and all. I know. Yeah. I understand. And and there are there is stuff sucks. that I I think it's a it's a easier for them to do a blanket thing rather than. uh you know have sep- checking id yeah, no a checking id for separate films uh yeah because obviously some films may not maybe safe for everyone but some films may genuinely be okay only for eight, people above 18 yeah but i'm just thinking of like how much like i feel like kids would benefit from a best of like this i yeah i mean they try to they have yeah, the kids program young. the half ticket but that's purely children cinema which is not the same thing yeah What I see here definitely is like a lot of film students and like more importantly one thing that you definitely do see during uh, the festival is basically technicians from within the industry and these guys mm-hmm. are usually like huddled in a corner and they're like taking notes you know and it's like <laughs> very very serious i mean they look at it from this very uh, sort of uh, specific place from where they come from etc and take notes accordingly so then you always notice that there's this crowd that's there that is uh, and as far as this careerist thing goes it's a lot more muted i would say over here and i think it's not really like that no like romantic reason for it apart from the fact that like uh, people really I, i mean sandalwood is not a place that many people see themselves or uh, being in maybe at the very most mm-hmm. like you'd want to be an art film director so you might go and cozy up to someone like uh, girish kasravali or something like that which i've seen like he always will have like a floating crowd around him for instance and i don't think he appreciates it much either because like he's been uh 
at this festival every year he's part of suchitra film society etc so it's not even just like a thing where he comes and just shows up because he's uh, one day and then he gets a huge crowd around him but then it even that sort of this thing is completely manageable so you don't really find people over there who are i don't know solely there just to be seen in fact it's not a place where many people want to be seen or people are kind of unsure as you <laughs> mentioned earlier that like whether this is the right place to be whether they'd feel awkward or shy etc so many people have misgivings like i've never been able to get like many of my friends to come for this uh, festival and every year around mm-hmm. that time if, even if you just notice my timeline it'll just be like me admonishing people for not showing up to this festival because i think it's like truly like a public good and people should like make use of it etc and mm-hmm. yeah but what we see as a result of this is this very odd thing where you have young people who are usually uh, college students and not necessarily film students though there are a lot who come from other states too kerala especially it's almost like a accompaniment for ifk so it's like it's just two months apart usually or a month apart in most cases and they just show up for these two festivals like almost like a planned vacation or something like that and a lot of young college students obviously but then nobody in my age bracket which is somewhere in the middle many technicians so you're looking at middle aged men coming from the industry and on the other extreme you have like geriatrics and this is like mm-hmm. the composition of this festival basically it's just and the neighborhood also uh, like sort of lends itself well to geriatric showing up because this is where everyone more or less goes and settles down settles down and retires is it like ageist is it ageist to call people geriatrics I, i'm being okay maybe i should <laughs> like maybe octogenarians is the right word because they are around that like uh age <laughs> like this thing is it is it ageist i'm not sure i thought i was just being accurate i have i have no should clue should i just say the elderly yeah, yeah. maybe the elderly is that term <laughs> the elderly i i just don't know i feel like i've been called out for all kinds of really random stuff there are many like oh, uh, saying ger- geriatrics not for saying geriatric but like things that people were like um that's ageist <laughs> <laughs> elderly um, sounds more patronizing yeah, according just, to me this just sounds a little accurate in my opinion <laughs> yeah <laughs> Geriatric sounds more like clinical. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. octogenarian is very specific, right? So I don't. Yeah, but I think they do fall in the octogenarian category. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's that. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have anything more to say about the Bollywoodification of um, mommy? Ah, uh, me. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I I don't think. Uh, uh, like I had some complaints. Uh, which i'm uh, i'm not i i think they are definitely related to the bollywoodification in that in expanding their base they are also simplifying their lineup uh, you mentioned that there were a bunch of uh, you know middling uh, american indies english i don't need, think we need that many english language films at a festival like this but uh, even in terms of international fest it tries to have like a lot of those mainstream big hitters uh from your big festivals but more niche stuff starts getting um uh, ignored uh something that i was really looking forward to um was the new medium section which was the experimental cinema section uh that uh, they've had for a few years and that was uh, kind of dropped this year they didn't uh, say anything about it but it uh it wasn't there and uh, i and even though that section was a very theme based one it wasn't like they uh, uh, programmed uh, 
all the new contemporary experimental films. They had the theme and they would have a bunch of a mixture of older and newer films that fit that theme. Uh, but uh, there was al always this uh, reliance on that section for anything experimental. So anything experimental would never end up in the main uh, lineup. Uh, and now that section is also gone and we don't have any experimental films in the main lineup. So I did feel a bit sad about that and I, feel, I do feel it's connected to the festival trying to broaden its base and uh, make its uh, lineup more uh, appealing, if that makes sense. Also to... S exactly. I mean, if you incorporate Bollywood, then you have to follow the logic of like a mass film festival. Yeah. Um, and that seems to have been a situation that... Um, a, a decision that Mami has, you know, very deliberately and like um, made with, you know, with full gusto. Mm -hmm. um, because they don't want to, you know, always... Ex they don't always want to be on the brink of like collapse right. as a festival. Right. And I think that it just sort of, to me, it's... Like everyone I talk to who wants to do something, you know, wants to build like an experimental film festival or a more political film festival, mm -hmm. um, says that you can't do this stuff in Bombay. Yeah. Because Bombay, you know, like it's so tough to rapture the strong stronghold that like Bollywood yeah. has over the city. Yeah. Um, so like if you want, and they've had better luck in other cities in building film mm -hmm. collectives or more, you know, independent film organizations. Um, so I think that there's just like a, a difficulty for many reasons. Bombay is a very unwieldy city, like just geographically. Um, I think that everyone in Bombay is always like struggling because it's a city of such aspirants. It kind of feels like, um, like when you have a city that's just full of so much frenzy of like aspiration, like these people don't have time to actually sit and reflect. Yeah. Because almost everyone I know is trying so hard just to get a next job to make their rent that um, even though it's a city that has been defined by creative industry, it's just, it's sort of like a city that also like, I feel like dulls creative instincts. So like dulls a creative like endeavor yeah. within someone. Yeah, and I do think it is possible for a, a place like Mumbai to do uh, more things, but I think a lot of these other festivals get by by being slightly under the radar. They want to be, uh, uh, you know, as only in the news as much as they can get away with uh, as much as they can. And uh, Mami has just become too big. So it is a risk for them to play more political stuff and sensitive stuff. And there have been issues of uh, they had with programming films and getting some backlash from groups and um, uh, uh, that is just the curse that comes with something like this. Yeah, which makes me wonder how Mami is going to change, um, you know, as, you know, political pressure, as, like, political pressure on the, f in, on the film industry gets more cute and, you know, and then as an extension because Mami is definitely, like, playing um, good for corporate sponsors yeah. and for, uh, a very, like, an industry that is quite cowardly. Mm -hmm. Um, that, you know, like how the festival itself would then have to like maybe submit to some of those pressures in the future. Yeah. I'm sort of curious how Mami will be able to um, like straddle the line between staying relevant mm -hmm. and, you know, playing it safe. Yeah. Which I think is uh, something that it's going to become sort of a more pronounced struggle for them as the years go on, considering yeah, yeah. where we're headed as a country. Yeah. yeah. 
I think at least with yeah. over here, the whole point, at least this is like a very aware thing that everyone is, I mean, something that everyone who's going to the festival is aware of, I mean, um, is that these are films that you simply do not get a chance to see otherwise. And that's the only reason the festival sort of uh, exists. Now, obviously, there yeah. is a huge uh, lobby, but it's almost like a lobby that's reflective of the state of uh, Sandalwood, which makes sure that there is a certain quota of uh, Canada films. And obviously, some of these are art films, but a lot of them are just like these extremely like strange movies that land up in the list. I mean, you can just qualitatively say that they're bad. I can say that they're bad without worrying too much about what I'm saying. But... Yeah, otherwise, but the primary focus of the festival, or I mean, both these festivals, like, it's just something that you don't get to see. And that could, I mean, that's a wide umbrella, right? Like, it could be political. It could even just be stuff that's raunchy, that's like, uh, you never get to see in a, a theater screen, which is, I mean, a primary <laughs> motive for many people, at least at the outset of the festival. Too, yeah. And now yeah. that it's coming to PVR, it's sort of become sanitized in some way because of the place. But earlier when it was like a single screen thing, it used to like gather, I mean, like a broad crowd and like there used to be people who used to come exclusively for like uh, the titillating aspect of the festival and all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the whole point was that like, I think everyone, regardless of the person who's going there for like sort of this uh, serious cinema or experimental cinema or just something titillating that they never get to see on a, a theater screen otherwise, like this was the like underment uh, like underlying like fundamental aspect which is that you don't get to see this in any other place and the curate i think yeah. like largely based on that so there are obviously blocks that i mean it's color coded on the schedule obviously so you get to see which are experimental which is world cinema which is this and now it's just become a complex system where you simply don't understand what you're going in for next because there's so many color blocks that you don't know but yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one thing I'm really interested in is, like, beyond, like, um, film festivals can feel so seasonal. Um, and, you know, like, what is it that is, like, what enduring things can be built um, that, you know, sort of create a sort of, like, film culture, like a culture of film engagement in a city or in a community. Yeah, and it should be something of a sense of continuity through the calendar year because over here I feel it's like this one cathartic moment where you have this huge film festival and more or less everyone just goes back to their normal lives and like, and you can see that there's this like bare level of engagement at these, uh, I mean like uh, festivals, people do want it and crave it, which is why I think there've been so many successful offshoots also, which is like, uh, there is now a dedicated experimental film festival, which is great, uh, undertaken by Geiter Institute and all that. And uh, apart from that, like, just screenings that have been happening also by various like sort of uh, I mean these are not strictly like independent film clubs or whatever but just people hosting screenings and like terraces and this that so there is something of it but it's not like it's not as ideal as it could be I would say at this point but yeah I'm looking at apart from the older methods which we've, uh, I mean, all been acquainted with, like, whether you talk about film clubs, they've been around forever now, and film societies. But, like, I'm really curious to know if there's anything else that you think would be useful to add to this ecosystem or whatever. Um, 
uh i've uh, you know i've been to a bunch of uh, film screenings uh, film club uh, film clubs and film screenings in mumbai that has not associated with a festival i i mean uh, there's the mami year round program which is associated with the festival but um, and that is still active and ongoing but it has really reduced uh, in uh, its regularity uh, and other ones have also either died down or happened way too rarely and it all seems to boil down to a matter of money because uh, even the uh, like some of them can't even afford a proper theater or a dcp or a print and they yeah. have to uh, go with a dvd or something like that which obviously uh, results in a lower experience uh, and lower standards and the ones that try to stick to that standard can't afford to do it as much as they can so uh, it's all seems to boil to a down to a matter of money and we just don't have the kind of funding that would uh, Uh, support these things throughout the year and i wish there was because it does feel sad that so many people put so much hope on one festival for one week of the year uh, yeah. it's never going to rise up and it's never going to have everything everyone wants and if we had something throughout the year and if people were also supporting it i think that is another thing where uh, uh people also get uh, in at least in mumbai there is this sort of laziness where i don't need to go to the screening this week because this film might eventually end up at mami uh i if there mm. if uh, there was more of a continuous support and dedication throughout the year uh i think uh, we could see more of that and that would definitely be a better idea and even uh, that could convert into funding somehow some people have tried a um method like that uh but uh, yeah i'm i am not very hopeful at this point <laughs> So like one thing that I I've always felt that if you want to build like a sustained um film community then um you're kind of going to have to go beyond just treating people as spectators of film and more as like creators of film mm-hmm. um so I think really like one way it's to like really like democratize like filmmaking um and do more to like engage people in not just how to make films at a technical level like giving people access to cameras giving people access to equipment um or teaching people like screenwriting uh, structure and format mm-hmm. but i think beyond that it's like how to think cinematically like how do you want to build a narrative about yourself like mm-hmm. who are you as a person within the particular context that you're in like having people think about these larger questions and i think that is a really i mean as a model maybe it kind of works because you can charge for these lessons and whatever um but i think um it also then helps people you know and do this in like a deep professional like not in a professionalized manner like you're not teaching people how to make a film so they can sell their film mm-hmm. you know and have it released on netflix or have a theatrical distribution but um it's more just like make telling like having people make films um so that because filmmaking is like a process of like revealing yourself to yourself or whatever you know it's more of a creative personal thing yeah. than it is necessarily a professional thing which is why you can e- like easily teach people on equipment that might not be you know like the best equipment or the equipment that is best suited for like it just sort of fills like the specs of like um what you would need to be able to release it but you know having having 
like building more of a personal relationship between like the audience and cinema i think is a way that you can get people to be more interested in cinema at large at least that's how i've always felt i think there's this actually like interesting scene in one book uh, i mean it's not like a fictional book it's a non fictional book but it's basically more or less this like it's like this guy who is a sociologist and he goes to study like the south indian industry as a sociological phenomenon so he walks into this mozabai guy's office at that time and this mozabai guy at that time was almost on this evangelical uh, trip to go and convert all these like old movies and bring them on Mozabair and sell them for dirt cheap prices so there was a time like we used to get it for like 10 bucks to 20 bucks and you'd have like yeah. literally like I, i'm sure you guys remember because like it i think it was a pan indian thing i'm sure but like four yeah, five know, movies in one like uh, this thing so then yeah he said like basically my whole uh, he's talking about his people who work at that office and then he's like yeah i can definitely like of these people who work over here and he's speaking of everyone like generally just people who are in like the service part of this office or whatever he's like they've seen so many movies i encourage them to go with movies etc etc and he just cuts this very like like eccentric figure but like he actually had a great point over there it's just that people are sitting over there everyone seems to be at the same a uh, fever pitch of being obsessed about cinema and like deeply engaged with it that yeah this is like literally the best democratic way that he could manage it i'm actually really sad that something like that like uh, i mean this became absolutely irrelevant like as soon as he started this thing because it was like a 2007 phenomenon but yeah i wonder whether that guy is and like just how passionate he was and how he came off in that this thing was so fascinating Um what are some of your like funny film festival experiences if you have any Um uh, I, Satya was talking about uh, the titillating aspect of film festivals and this hasn't happened in a couple of years and I feel sad about that because there was a while when um he and everyone I knew would get approached uh during for during a queue for a film at the Mumbai Film Fest and uh we would just get asked something like is film is sex like <laughs> and uh, i think a good pervert audience is uh is very valuable to a place like that and i kind of miss people like that <laughs> yeah i mean i've always maintained that cinephiles are perverts so yeah well uh, all cinephiles are perverts but not all perverts are cinephiles ending on the uh, zizek quote <laughs> if i'm not like <laughs> i forget what he said but something along those lines oh uh, yeah that's why the, the perverts guide to cinema course, that yeah. motherfucker uh, and yeah. then it starts with a very lofty quote about how perv- i mean like you're a pervert or something like that <laughs> <laughs> i should just like dream my hair like <laughs> become a coke addict and then people will take me seriously <laughs> and do a couple of like middling documentaries about this thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, speaking yeah. of like coca, I think like generally the funniest things that definitely happened to me during a film festival generally, and this is like, this happens every year, and it goes back to what I was just like saying earlier. Like, uh, it's just my. This is like perhaps the only time of the year where I'm saturated with meeting so many elderly people that like mm-hmm. this is biggest primer on how to deal with them and how to like basically and like it works very sweetly in some cases and it works there's like so many sorts of elderly people that you meet at this festival yeah. including one guy who insists that he was an army major 
and he has oh. this he claims that he has the snack and i'm telling you literally everyone who has been to the bangalore international film festival will know this guy like if you do please like mention in the in the tweets or something or just tell us if you remember this guy but he has like a handlebar mustache glasses really old man and he claims and this is his opening line to absolutely everyone he meets is that he can guess your ethnicity by just like looking at you and talking to you and he usually gets this completely wrong like <laughs> there was this man who he approached at Oh, so it's like he's like an astrologer. Yes, yes, yeah. It But for all ties back into a like like ethnic identification. <laughs> yeah, like he got one so wrong, it was so bad, and this was one of the people who had showed up in the fest in some capacity as like a contributor. I think one of the films that he might have directed or been on part of the production crew or something. But like the stereotype of an Irish man, like a thick Irish accent, like auburn hair, like everything, the works. and he goes after him and he gives this very vague like i mean like he he gives this not vague he gives this absolutely on the other spectrum some sort of like armenian identity to him or something like that and yeah that just but this man if you recognize him please like uh, um, do mention i think my favorite film festival experience is when i went to watch the serbian film festival at organized by the Hyderabad Film Club which to date is the most like mysterious organization um because i've tried multiple times to like contact people at the Hyderabad Film Club um just because i felt like i mean they need help i mean when i when i found out about the Serbian Film Festival it's because i saw this notice that was printed in Comic Sans font which was the schedule of the Hyderabad Film Festival um and all the font sizes were different across the page and each day was a new color of the rainbow oh. so you just had this like document in vibgyo um like just like posted super illegible like incomprehensible and um yeah so my friend and i went for that film festival and it was um we watched this one film called cinema communisto which is sort of a film about um the film industry in ruins after the collapse of like yugoslavia and how to remember um a country that doesn't exist anymore it was super interesting in terms of film archives and um you know like commander whatever tito's like obsession with filmmaking and it was like usually like it was like a completely like unexplored like part of like um cinematic history um but i remember as soon as i walked in i think there were like five people in the audience like all geriatrics i'm going to use that word if people have if people have a problem with me using the word geriatrics like just like go like go water your grandmother's plants you know like get off twitter like go do something <laughs> for all people <laughs> um but uh, but like it just i felt like the minute i walked in they were like immediately suspicious of me and my friend because we are both like 20 year old like giggly girls and kind of like they all just like turned their heads towards us when we sat down and i know they were just like itching to be like Shh, to us they were just waiting for us to like make a peep or a noise or to do something that was inappropriate in that setting um because they just thought that like we did not belong there um which i which to me like sort of feels like the hyderabad film club vibe um which is just a bunch of like old men like watching films in some broken theater that smells like piss and like talking about cinema while having chai <laughs>